one of the things that happened to us in the month of Ramadan and one of the things that is a main feature of the month of Ramadan is Ramadan was the month of Talab even before Ramadan came some of us may be in Rajab, some of us in Chaban, some of us the weekend before, we started having a talab, a restlessness, an anxiousness, an anticipation, an excitement for the coming of Ramadan. Then during the month of Ramadan, we spent it in talab. Talab means searching, seeking, wanting, desiring the rahmah of Allah, the mercy of Allah, the maghfir of Allah, His forgiveness, His hidayah. Then we made plans. Okay, I'm going to finish one Qur'an. We were going to pray all taraweeh. It was also part of our talab. We had a plan of action. We desired to do certain things in this month. Then it became, we actually started to desire fasting. It was not something difficult for us to do. MashaAllah, the type of Muslims who would come to a talk like this, very happy to fast. Happy when Ramadan came. Every night they were happy to make niyas for the next morning. Alhamdulillah, actually many people were even sad when Ramadan ends. And they feel sad that Ramadan has ended and then they start missing Ramadan. So Ramadan was ultimately about feeling of talab. Now the month will end, but that feeling of talab has to be retained. Even though Ramadan has passed, we must still be talib of Allah Ta'ala's rahmah and his maghfirah and his hidayah as we became in Ramadan. We must still be talib of a'mal al-salih, good deeds, reciting Qur'an, making dua that we were in Ramadan. We should still be talib of spending time in the masjid, praying the hajjud the way we were in Ramadan. So that talib has to stay. How can I put this in English? If Allah SWT did not want to grant you that which you seek, He would never have given you talab in the first place. So it means Allah Ta'ala putting talab in your heart means Allah Ta'ala wanted to give it to you. Now that's something mean you experience in Ramadan. Alhamdulillah, most people, Allah mashallah, 99% of the people who intended to fast, they have talab, they got it. They want to pray their way, they need to pray their way every night. They have talab for that, they got it. Most people, whatever talab they had, how much Quran they were going to recite, they did it. Many people tell us, I'm not going to recite more Quran, they have talab for that, they got it. So listen again to what he said, that if Allah SWT did not want to grant you that dini nama, that religious blessing, that accomplishment, that he would not have given you talab in the first place, so maybe he's giving you talab. Putting in your heart a desire for something to be, because it's an indication that Allah 
And other Masonic, they said that Allah SWT inspiring your heart to make dua is a sign that He wants to grant you what you're making. We you dua for. That He inspires you to ask itself is a sign that He wants to grant you what you want to ask. So there are three different things. Okay? So talab, that you will get your matruh what you want. Tawfiq, and that absan amal, and that means you will get kubulir, that Allah Ta'ala will accept it. And third is dua, and if Allah Ta'ala inspire you to make dua, then He will grant it. So one aspect of this means, actually the first three things also come from Allah Ta'ala. The Tawfiq comes from Allah Ta'ala, the Talab comes from Allah Ta'ala, and us making dua comes from Allah Ta'ala. So from the beginning to the end, it's all Allah Ta'ala. We are nothing. And Allah is everything. And this is what we experience in Ramadan. And Alhamdulillah, almost every believer gets this feeling in Ramadan that Allah Ta'ala did this for me. Allah Ta'ala made me fast. They don't just say it for the Qardasman, that Allah Ta'ala just says the formality of the Tawfiq of Allah. You know, many times, for example, if a person gives a hundred thousand dollars to a masjid, and somebody asks him, he will say verbally, it was the Tawfiq of Allah. But inside, he does think a little bit. That oh, it's because I'm so smart, I earn so much. He does think a little bit inside that oh, it's because I took to get the charity. He also thinks it's Tawfiq of Allah, but he also thinks it was him. But in Ramadan, nobody thinks like that. Nobody thinks, oh, because I'm a strong guy, I fasted. Or because I have willpower, I fasted. When we stay, we 100% meant it. It was pure at loss. Even a simple fast, which is fasting one day is actually probably easier than giving $100,000, right? And we could easily think that the fast was because of my desire to fast and my strength. No. Everything we did, we would say that the feet of Allah Even sometimes we'd be sitting there for iftar, we would be thinking, it's just a kind of Allah SWT fasted sit. Even when Taraweeh would end and you might be slightly tired, you would think it's only Allah SWT that enabled me to finish Taraweeh. It kept happening every day, the fasting, the Taraweeh, everything. This is called becoming Allah SWT. So this is part of the Anakum Tattakud, something we spoke about last time in the, the, the Greek Masjid. This is part of Taqwa, becoming the slave of Allah SWT, attributing all your good deeds to Him. Even the they took it one step further when they taught us these three things. But that has to stay with us also. So inshallah, we'll step in the deeds to the good deeds. We have to attribute it to Allah SWT with the same humility, same sincerity, same ikhlas, same ubudiyyat, the way you did in the month of Ramadan. Talab <coughs> begins. So you can say Talab has three stages. Like I mentioned to you, so before Ramadan there's an anxiousness and restlessness when a person makes niya and irada of something, but they haven't done it yet. So they make intention to do something, they have a resolve to do it, but they haven't done it yet. You'll see the same thing on Hajj. So there's an excitement, a person got the visa for Hajj, they make it haven't gone yet. But because if they made the niyat perhaps, they got the visa first and the irada first. Just like that, we were like that a few days before Ramadan. Then the whole process of that amal, you have to do that with talab. The whole process of that amal, you do that with talab. Then when you've done that amal, you use that amal as part of your broader journey towards Allah SWT. That's what stage we are in right now. So for example, the person has anxious excitement before Hajj. And during the whole Hajj, he must have talab for Allah Ta'ala. And when he completes that Hajj, he has to take that completed Hajj, keep it in his southern, his breast, his gulf, and use that Hajj to keep getting closer to Allah Ta'ala for the rest of his life. So that's we're on stage 3 now of Ramadan. Alhamdulillah, Allah gave us excitement for Ramadan and Sabah. We spent all Ramadan and Talab, 
and now we've got to take that Ramadan we just spent and put it here and use it and build it up to make us keep getting closer to Allah Taala all year round. Now what happens normally to people after Ramadan is they get a dip in their gullah. It's a natural thing. For some people it's because they went all out the last 10 days or all night searching for them with others so they have a peak in their gullah. And then they dip in their gullah. What does it mean dip in their gullah? I'll give you an example. Imagine it's 28th or 29th Ramadan and you have made the intention to finish recitation of one Quran and you still have five just left. It's more than one a day. Two, three a day you have to do. So you would have definitely recited because you had deep talab to finish that recitation by the end of Ramadan. But when it's third, fourth shawal, how much talab did you have to recite when it was today? How many of us recited when it was today? How many recited when it was yesterday? Just it was declined with the talab. Think it was 27th night and you had some sins you wanted to make doba from and you want Allah to forgive you. Think with which talab you sat there and made doa to Allah talab. How many of us made du'a like that in any of these nights of shawab? Even the night before Eid is considered a special night. Most of us, we immediately start losing that love. So this is something we should be worried about. And we should try to increase our love. Now what happens in Ramadan is an extraordinary month. So what happened there was an extraordinary time. We tried to make ourselves extraordinary believers. But the real Mujahidah is an ordinary time to make yourself an extraordinary believer. That's called Shawab. In Ramadan, it's an extraordinary time. Month of Ramadan, fasting, Allah's mercy is makfirah, lil fakadar. One farad equals 70 farad, one nafal equals one farad, etc., etc. So in extraordinary times, everybody becomes an extraordinary person. The question is, who is the Abd? The Abd is the person that even in ordinary times becomes an extraordinary person. As Shabbat. Now a person could have said in Shabbat, look, I'm never able to be extraordinary. But you can't say that now because you spent Ramadan. <laughs> Especially Masha, if you spent Ramadan. Well, you've just shown your book of deeds, your angels, Allah SWT, yourself, that you can't do it. You can't recite, you can't complete the khatam every month. You can do it in Shabbat if you want also. You can't make extra worship for one hour a night. You could do it in Shabbat also. You have a track record, one month track record. Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala accepted from us. One month track record of extraordinary ibadat. So why would anyone want us to go back to being an ordinary person? <coughs> so we have to keep that talab alive. Keep that talab alive. And that's what it means to be an abd. Second aspect of abd, so one was talab. The second aspect of being on the song called abd. You know, I would even say to you that even if a person wasn't so quote-unquote extraordinary in Allah, even if they just fasted, <coughs> that's a victim. That's a victim. You know, Prophet Qayyim <coughs> he said that some people, they get talab once in a lifetime, that's called Hajj. Some they get talab once in a year, that's Ramadan. And some they get talab once in a week, that's Jummah. And really I'd say, you know, I know many times it's unlikely like that also. Many of you can all about talks like that. You know, so many people come to the masjid for Jummah. If only so many would be there for Fajr. And that's true, right? And as many people came for Jummah, they all came for Fajr, it would be amazing. At the same time, we should be happy. Because it could have been the other way around. What does that mean? However few people come for Fajr, only those same number come for Jummah. That could have also been the case. 
Krishna's be happy that Alhamdulillah, at least still the people have fellow for him. And this is something we really felt in Ramadan. All types of people show up in Ramadan. All types of people who otherwise didn't outwardly, year-round, appear to have any talab for being, even any talab for Allah Ta'ala, even any talab for the own Mahfira. Even they were openly sinning, unrepentantly sinning, they seemed not even to have a worry or care to be forgiven. They also showed up in Ramadan. So yes, on the one hand, sometimes we feel a bit sad that you don't see the same numbers in Maghrib that you do now. But you should still be so happy that they showed up in Ramadan. The joy and happiness at the way the Ummah spent Ramadan. And this is a global phenomenon, alhamdulillah. Whether it's Pakistan, whether it's UK, whether it's South Africa, whether it's Egypt. It's achieved the amount of talent this Ummah still has in the month of Ramadan. Hmm? This is a blessing from Allah SWT. This is a calculus from Allah SWT. You know, Ramadan, Ramadan, he told us from the top that uh, before he started doing his own intikam, he used to always go, like way like this, like 34 years ago, when Azamana Abdul Hassan Ali Nadiranta, a very famous Al-Muddin also, was alive, he used to go and always spend the 27th night with him. He said, like, one night on the 27th night, beyond the Mala Abdul Hassan Ali Nadiranta, he said that you should be grateful that your youth even have yakin and iman and confidence on me. I think this is foresight. Because in this day of religion, there's now increasingly number of universities used to even get a bit skeptical, dull, skepticism and outright agnosticism and atheism. So those people, I feel, that those people show up for Jummah, and they don't show up for Jummah. But the fact that they show up for Jummah means they have yakin on me. The fact that they show up in Ramadan means they believe in Allah SWT, they believe in Deen, they believe all these things. So we say, Alhamdulillah, every year in Ramadan we get another, we, we get to see it, we do Mushahidah, Alhamdulillah, there's still Yaqeen in this Ummah. Because no doubt, many things happen in the year, we get a bit skeptical that there's still that Yaqeen left in the Ummah, but the way they all fast and the way they all pray, there is great hope in the month of Ramadan. So I don't want to make it sound, you know, but those of us who want to try, Keep up how we were in Ramadan, we should try to keep that. And another very important talab we had in Ramadan was talab from Makhfir. You know, it becomes like a craze towards the last 10 days. It in a nar, freedom from the fire, Dhanan is going to end in the like, end of Ramadan. It became a craze for us. That craze should stay. We are as, right now, in Shawal, we are as needy of Allah's Rahman Makhfir as we were in the last 10 days of Ramadan. Nothing has changed. Hmm? So we should try to retain that talab of makhfirah. Then one beautiful thing which, which I'm linking here is something that all of you know. But as a mom from an officer explained in a beautiful way that when Umar Mu'mineen Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha learned about the Al-Fakadr, he knew the Prophet of the told the Sahaba come on Al-Fakadr. So she asked her beloved husband, Sayyidah Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what dua should I make for the Lord's Hmm? What dua should I make? So what dua should you tell us all of you know? Allahumma innaka afuwan tuhibbul afwa fa'fu'ani. I'm thinking, you know, because sometimes some of us we have the delusions of grandeur. Like if I look at the Kaaba, first dua, Kaaba, Allah give me the highest rank of reliance. Allah give me Muhammad al-Mashur. Oh, we have all these high level, high flying ideas. Hmm? We think we're something. Hmm? Some of us in this 
in the 21st century Sufis sometimes get a bit too Sufi for their own good. So if you tell them as Kumalita, God, give me the rank of Mahana Rumi, give me the rank of Sheikh Adhagada Janani, but that's how, that's where their mind goes. Look at the Sunnah of Nabiya Kareem, his beloved wife. It's a very intimate thing. It's a very, you know, when is an ordinary person to ask you, when is your own wife to ask you? What do I should I make? What does he tell her? Us. You need forgiveness. Simple. Us. If you find it, it's such a simple du'a. Achieve. Allah ma inna anta aqwad to himbulah wa khafwan. That's it. Few, it's few words. Hmm? Oh, this teaches us actually being is simple. You don't have to think really high level theoretical <coughs> concepts for deen. Deen is this simple. This is the master du'a. We recite on the master night. And a mistake a lot of us make is we only recite this du'a in Ramadan. That's not. No doubt that also some told although nobody say the answer and answer to the question about what should I recite on that night. But it's not khas muhtas, it's not exclusive for use on that night. And we should keep using it because it's a beautiful du'a. And it encapsulates beautifully how much we are out and what we need from Allah SWT. And who He is. If you love, you are the one who pardons. You love to pardon, we pardon. See? And you can run with that in so many ways. <coughs> you are the one who is kareem and you love to send your karam, please so you send your karam on me. You are razaq, you love to give risk, please give risk to me. You can run with it in all of those other attributes. I mean, all of the ones that are from his jabal and from his bestow. Hmm? So this is the tarbiyat of the sunnah of the kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I was telling you, so the second type of, the second aspect of Ramadan, one with the talam and one with the humility. I start to say that we, in the honor of humility, we contributed everything to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this humility in Arabic, this is called Uds. Once somebody asked Sayyidina Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, that what is that quality or characteristic of a person that is most beloved to Allah subhanahu wa So Sayyidina Abu Bakr al-Siddiq responded that it Uds is humility. And then he said a beautiful thing. So she said humility is the thing that is most beloved to Allah subhanahu wa and this is Allah Ta'ala's mercy on us because humility is easy for us to acquire are we not after all this of? Okay? For a slave to be humble is very easy. For a king to be humble is not easy. Right? So if we were all kings and the king asked that what would make me beloved to Allah we told the king if you were very humble so but this is a bit hard because I'm a king. I have my royal status, my royal apparatus, my royal heirs. But if you're of, if you're a slave it's very easy to be humble. Achieve, again, look at this, very simple. So this is the father of Umm Sayyidina Aisha. This is As-Siddiq, the greatest Sahabi. Explaining simple things. This is deep. The most way you will be beloved to Allah is the most humility you have. Hmm? This is also part of Taqwa. So la'allakum tattakun, which is the mission of Ramadan. It includes talab, you need talab to get Taqwa, and you need this humility to get Taqwa. Hmm? Once when him and Sabaka were going to the Ghazwat Tabuk, so the number of you know, mounts, camels, it was two person per mount. So all the Sabbath understood that they would have to alternate. So for some time one Sabi would be riding and the other would be walking, then they would change. But they felt that Sayyidina Rasulullah, they would keep them always on the mind. He said, no. 
So I'm just like you in this matter. In this matter, I'm just like you. I will also alternate. I will also ride my chair and I will also walk my chair. And earlier than this, a similar thing happened in the Ghazwa of Balik. In the Ghazwa of Balik, it was three people per mount. Three people per mount. And that was the name of Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ali, I can't remember the third. The name is mentioned in the books. Alright? Again, what happened here was Sayyidina Ali and the other one, they both made a deal that we won't take our turns, either of us are writing. And we went to Nabi and saw some ride all the way. So when the Prophet came and he heard saw this with the Tilbid, he said no. And he said to them that I am no less strong than you. Then I'm also helping, I can walk. Right? Second he said, and I am no less needy and greedy of under and salam than you. And I also want the reward that comes for walking and giving another person a turn turn to ride. I also need that reward. This is our deen. Very simple deen. To be up. What is that? That's talab. This this why what's in the story, it's got both in it. The humility of the Prophet. No, no took me some special status. And his talab, even this small little reward, I mean compared to all the rewards that he got being a Nabi, even this reward that I will walk and my companion will get a chance to ride, I have talab for that other wife that I give that. That's the type of talab we should have year round. Like in Ramadan, we have talab, we get the talab, we want to make dua. If it's a good time, we want to make dua. This is the type of humility and talab we should have all year round. So the last thing I will do tonight, because actually I promised the people in the other place, we left out something in that beyond, and I told them I would complete it the next year. So that is related to this. And that is it. That's the opposite of humility. In other words, how can I explain this? If a person is not generous, it's not necessarily because they're greedy. Sometimes if you don't have a good attribute, it doesn't mean the presence of the bad attribute. Okay? If a person is not angry, it's not necessarily because they're gentle. They might just be neutral, right? You might find a person who's not necessarily very gentle either, but they're not necessarily angry. You might find a person who's not very generous either, but not very stingy. But here, when it comes to humility, if a person is not humble, if they don't have humility, it's necessarily because they have something in our deen, which is called vanity and conceit and pride. So if a person is unable to have humility, it's definitely because of this, that they have ujub, kibur, takabur, some form, some kind, some love of them. There's no neutral ground here. There's no neutral ground here. So if we're ending on the talk and how to understand how to get humility, so you must understand how to rid ourselves of ujub. It's a one-step process. In other words, you might rid yourself of stinginess, but you might still not become very dense. Alright? You might rid yourself of anger, but you might necess- not necessarily become very gentle and soft. But if you rid yourself of ujub, you will necessarily become humble, like an Abd al-Masal. So therefore, learning how to rid ourselves of Ujjah, of our vanity and pride and conceit, is critical to becoming the humble servant and slave of Allah Alright. So the different ways uh, a person can reflect on how to purify themselves of this. 
I will just repeat something that I said tonight so you understand the difference between these three words. Ujub, Kibur, and Takabur. Ujub means to view yourself as something. To enjoy yourself, to praise yourself. So in English that's normally called vanity and conceit. Kibur means to view yourself as something and better than others. So that's called pride. The Kabur means to view yourself as something and better than others and to treat others as if they are lowly than you. To demean someone, belittle someone, undermine someone, undercut someone. Ujjub, Kibur, Takabur. The Ujjub is actually the root and it's the last one to go. You might find somebody who doesn't have the cover, but they still have Kibur and Ujjub. You might find somebody who doesn't have the cover and doesn't have Kibur, very important. They don't treat others as lower than them. They don't even think of themselves as better than others, alhamdulillah. They don't think of themselves better than anyone. They don't treat anybody lower than them. But they still, hidden deep inside, they still have Ujjub. They still think of themselves as something. And because of that last thing, they're still not perfect, proper of them, and they don't have the proper humility. In fact, one of the signs of this type of person is many times he will even profess to people his lack of giver and lack of the couple. That itself can be good. Don't you say I've never hurt anybody? Don't you say I've never harmed anybody? Don't you say I've never wronged anybody? Don't you say I've never lied to anybody? Don't you say I never treat anybody in a bad way? It's all correct. Yes, yes, yes. Right? But the fact that you notice this so much, and that you celebrate this so much about yourself, and that you deem yourself to be so praiseworthy because of this, this is now a separate matter, and this is your own individual ujjum. Now, giver and the cover, as you heard, has to do with makhluk, to view yourself better than others, makhluk, to treat others at their lower than you, makhluk. Ujjum, that's between you and Allah If you're giver free, the cover free, there's no problem, makhluk. Ujjum is between you and Allah so that's why Shaykh Ashraf Ali Tanbi he said that Ujjab is the last and the hardest and the most difficult thing to purify from a person. <coughs> last and hardest and most difficult thing. Alright. Now, some evils come into a person because of this Ujjab. Number one is they have an so they do have the good attributes. But the problem is, which it means they attribute that good attribute to themselves as opposed to that it was a gift from Allah's father. So Allah tried to cure this in the very first line of Surah Al-Fatiha, Alhamdulillah, all praise is to Allah's father. means there's no self-praise either than Self-praise is negated. All praises are only for Allah's father. Second, they enter this delusion that they start to view themselves as mustahik of those sifat, as a worthy and entitled to that good attribute. But we're not worthy of anything. We're not entitled to anything. As if any goodness in us, it is given to us by Allah SWT, and He may take it back. We're not entitled to it. Third, what happens is when they view themselves as worthy and entitled to it, so even the good amal that they did to get that good attribute, they stop doing those good amal. <laughs> and you know, Shaykh Abbas said he's very firm. He says the Mashaykh must make zikr, Ghulafan must make zikr. You should never leave any of those amal that brought you to the closest to Allah. Otherwise you will drop. How can you leave it? 
How can you do this? Love and friend. And what happens is that because they're in this delusion, so they don't realize when that good attribute starts to fade away and when that good attribute even evaporates from them. Because they just think that's who they are and they think they will always have it and they think that attribute is permanent inside them. So now what is the cure for urgent? So there are a number of cures for urgent. First, the cure we mentioned the last beyond for Kibber and the Kibber, all of that is also cure for Ujjah. So I will just repeat those very quickly. Number one is to have Hayat, to have shame in front of Allah Taala. That okay, creation sees my good attributes, but Allah knows my bad attributes. And the amount of my bad attributes that Allah knows is way more than the amount of my good qualities that creation knows. So that overall, on balance, I should actually feel shame, I should not feel pride and conceit. So to have hayat and shame in front of Number two, to do shukr. To truly be grateful to Allah Sponta for this good attribute. So Allah will bless everybody with some skill, some talent, some good feature. If we make shukr to Allah Sponta for that, shukr is like the zakat for the good attributes and good bounties and good blessings that Allah Sponta gives us. What does that mean? Zakat is tazkiyah of your mouth. It purifies your wealth. If you do shukr, it purifies your good attributes and your talents and your skills and your bounties and blessings. And what purified means that it won't become a fitna for you. Purified means it won't be a guru or delusion for you. Purified means you won't then use it in sin. And the person who doesn't do shukr, this is very different, the person who doesn't do shukr for a good attribute in them, shaitan, twisted shaitan, will find a way to twist that person and make him use that good attribute in sin against Allah SWT, as opposed to use that good attribute in obedience to Allah SWT. لَإِنْ شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَذِيذًا لَكُمْ Here, kufr is not meaning uh, disbelief. Kufr means not to do shukr, to deny the blessing of Allah SWT. So this is, we should think, that if we don't do to shukr, that we will end up in this type of kufr, which means denial of Allah's blessing. Then, other term is to remember our weaknesses and present our weaknesses to Allah's father. So, for example, one shaykh, he said that when the sinner reflects on how spiritually weak they are, so this is very good, especially now, because after Ramadan, at some point, all of us will make our first sin, and then we will realize how weak we are. Because we thought that on the Ramadan we finally get taqwa, then we make the first sin. And when the sinner avoid realizing how spiritually weak they are, they turn to Allah Ta'ala in dua, and you can tanbi ahim. It means a soft sigh, a gasp of despair and remorse comes out from them. That soft sigh is more precious for Allah Ta'ala than anything the angels can offer. Because the angels can't do that. That's one thing the angels can't do. Means the sinner, he calls upon Allah with this feeling of remorse and regret over his sin and his weakness to achieve taqwa. And the angels never don't have that weakness and they can never turn to Allah in such despair. So in other words, to present your weakness to Allah subhanahu is a cure for this. Then to remember that we are needy of Allah subhanahu 
Estamos contra o céu grande aí. Nós não temos pouco a louco e não dá. Pero o que foi isso? Não tem uma nenhuma dia a nos contar. Porque há dois versos que nos encontramos. Fakir e Meskin. Fakir e Meskin. Se você olhar o Meshai, muitas vezes eles gostam de adicionar um desses versos em frente do Bermia. Mas uma das coisas que esses versos estão no Coran é para os Zakatas. Então, qual é a diferença entre Fakir e Meskin? So Lomar wrote that Fakir is a poor and Meskin is extremely poor. Fakir is poor and Meskin is extremely poor. And Meskin means that person who has so extreme circumstances that they are squeezed. There's an element of sukkun in this word also. Sakana means they can't move, they can't escape. They're in a poverty which they can't get out of. They're refugee, they're war-torn, they're war-ravaged, they're homeless. They're in such a situation which there is no makhrat, no escape. So these great mashayim, they're ansibutaki, but they have to view like that about their nafs. That we are surrounded by our nafs, our nafs has squeezed us, such that we can't escape it, we can't move out of it. They used to call the self-risky. So they would use these words for themselves to break the ujjah. To remember and remind themselves that you're always here in the scheme of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Then when Shaykh mentioned the cure, Sajid, how to get out of Ujjah is to be gentle with creation. To adopt the sunnah, gentleness, and humility with others, it will give you the sunnah, humility with Allah Sallallahu So it means what? Go to khidmat of somebody you don't know. When it's okay to give khidmat of our parents, our friends, people we are close to, people we love. To the film of the strangers, to eat with the poor. Mm-hmm. Once I was telling some people in Pakistan that one of the best things I feel that happened to my life, when I studied in the Madras in Pakistan, people said, Go because you got ill. Whatever ill Allah gave us is the karma of our teachers. But one of the greatest things that happened to me when I went from New York to study in the Madras in Pakistan is I got to live with the poor. Because most of the students in the Madras in Pakistan, something like here, you know. Rosh Hashanah, remember, the first time I came, I just was like, here's Azhar, but there's laundry room, and they tell us to give the laundry, and the laundry comes back to them, all, Allah Akbar, and press and fold it, Allah Akbar. Me, born and raised in New York, I even used to wash my clothes by hand in the madrasa. Allah hmm? Akbar. But that experience of living with the poor, this is also beautiful samba. There's one thing that you can't get in the online courses. You know, we teach them ourselves, but you have to understand. The sumba of the poor that you get when you study in the mothers and in Pakistan is an incredible thing. All of that on one side and I put the ilm on one side. It was such a big, I was equally to get their sumba. So when you do it, the sumba and khidmat of people who are strangers, it puts you in And we only hang out with our own busted friends, our own social class, our own family. And you can't get to the umani. It's the word you'll say. But you haven't really spent time with them. And Hajj was supposed to do that, but now Hajj has also become, you know, so <coughs> DVIP and VIP and the Hilton people and the people and that people, you know. So to be gentle, it means in this sense. To be gentle with strangers, to be gentle with the poor, to be in fitment, to be in service, it will remove your budget. It will remove your budget. Once there was a young man, he told me that he wanted to spend 40 days with me. I said, well, I have no real provision for that right now, right? I said, well, why don't you go to Turkey and spend 40 days with the children in the refugee camps? He looked at his son, I said, you know, that'll be better for this year, even than anything I could even do for you, and if I could free myself for 40 days up for you. He didn't go, but people don't understand. 
we have undervalued this aspect of our being. And those of you who know our history, all of the anbiya, this was their, we said, oh, their shakar, their pehdam. They used to sit with the poor. They used to be with the, the real awliyaullah, classical awliyaullah, they used to sit with the poor, they used to be with the poor. I was just telling them the other night, Khawaja Buddhist history, it's very undone. How did he make hundred thousands of Hindus into Muslims? They were poor, untouchable tasks. And he went and get lived with them, and he started sitting with them, and eating with them, and talking to them. They were amazed. Because up to now, the holy people that they knew were the Brahmins and Gurus of the Hindus. And the Brahmins were the highest caste, and they would never even bother. To even, they wouldn't want to even touch, untouchable. They wouldn't even want to be touched by the poor, poor. And this person is coming and hugging us, and eating with us, and talking to us. So I said, this is the real holy person, this is the real being. And hundreds and thousands of Hindus accepted Islam, and one person's dawah. And his nur and that memory, that historical memory is there so much that even now, centuries later, Hindus still go to his grave. I'm not saying I agree with what the Hindus do when they go to his grave, but they even they remember that this is the person who sat with us. Centuries later, that memory is still there. Allah for No, you can't do that if you have a You can't do that if you have a difference. To do the sunnah gentleness to khair, to be a sunnah khidmat to khair, to try to spend time with khair. And the last curvature is that you have no knowledge. You have good, you, you had good qualities, you did good deeds, but you have no knowledge, number one, that Allah will accept any of this. You don't know that Allah will like you for it. You might be handsome, but Allah might not find you handsome. You might be talented, but Allah might not find you talented. You might have been so much charity, but Allah might not accept it. You do know of the good things you did, but you have no way of knowing that Allah will accept those good things. Take away our Second, you have no way of knowing that on day of judgment, how high, how, can say, how, how intensely Allah will rank our sins. We have no way of that. There will be many people on the day of judgment that they will go to Jannah on one small good deed and they will be stunned that this one small good deed took me to Jannah. And there will also be many people on the day of judgment who will go to Jannah because of one sin that they thought was small and they will be stunned. Just this, many pakaris to it. They will be dazed. All their life they were in this delusion that because of their good deed and good activities they were guaranteed Jannah. They have no way of knowing. And in fact, even ultimately, we don't even know if we have khatib on the mouth. If nothing else, no one knows. No one can see. And Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told us that towards the end of time, near the end of time, of Qurbikyam, it depends how you define near. Some recycles might feel we've entered the near stage. But the near stage could last a thousand years. But near, because there's so many fitness. Some of these signs that the Prophet did mention are there. Zina is rampant, interest is rampant, this is rampant. There's quite a few things in the gate that already exist. So they say because of that we are in Qurb. So what did the Prophet say about Qurb? He said that person will wake up as a believer and they can even, before they sleep, they will go to sleep, not die. They'll go to sleep as an unbeliever. Same day, they can lose their Iman. That's how fragile Iman will be in the time. So then, None of us know that for sure, whether we will lose our imams and what value of these concedes, but it means the only value we have, the only thing of value is our imam, is our being humble, is our being humble to the small
And that's what you see in the Vietnamese, something else comes repeating and repeating over and over to Sahaja. And it's a lesson we have to repeat to ourselves. And if we go back to our simple deen, pure deen, basic deen, khalis deen, mukhlis deen, try to get humility, sincerity, purity in life, inshallah, then we can preserve this month of Ramadan. This month of Ramadan won't just be a month. This will be a Ramadan that changed our life. This Ramadan won't just change our month. This Ramadan will change our akhirah. This Ramadan will change our aftermath. This is what Allah Ta'ala sent Ramadan for. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq to make our Ramadan like that, to make every Ramadan like that. Wa akhirin da'wana. And alhamdulillah, I think I'm going Accept our fast in Ramadan, accept our Taraweeh in Ramadan, accept the Sadaqa we made in Ramadan, accept any Ibadah, any Dua, any one of us made in Ramadan. Yet in the let us ourselves be the means to fulfill our Duas. Let us now search for the Dukkha that we ask from you. Let us become Muttaqi the way we want it from you. Grant us Hayaya in the Kareem, grant us Istinaf from Sinya in the Kareem. Make us far from sin, distant from sin, make us unattracted to sin, make us uninterested in sin. Get a big dream for all of our hearts, Talab, for Akhirah and Deen. Put all of our hearts, Talab, for the Hasanat and pure things of the dunya. Get a take out all the Talab in our hearts from everything that is impure in this dunya, everything that is disliked by you, everything that is disobedient to you. Increase us in our talab for deen, in our talab for amal, in our talab for Quran, in our talab for du'as, in our talab for your rahmah and maghfirah, in our talab for ilm of deen, in our talab for hidayat and rusk and guidance upon deen, and in Bikrim grant us a thirst that is never quenched, grant us a desire that is never finished, make us firm on deen, strong on deen, steadfast on deen, motivated in deen, in Bikrim take away the laziness from our heart. Take away the kafta from our heart. It had become in few days after Ramadan, we have already fallen and dipped Shahab. Grant us up back again. Grant us that same talab again. Grant us istiqamat, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Make us firm and steadfast in Salaam and Mustaqim. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we are more needy, Ya Rabbi. Grant us Salaam the Quran from your Tawfiq. Grant us daily du'as from your Tawfiq. Grant us Tawfiq to make extra nawafil, extra ibadat from your Karim and Fazl, Ya Rabbi Kareem. It had become, send us one of the same rahmah you sent to Ramadan, the same makhri you sent to Ramadan, the same hidayah you sent upon us in Ramadan. And Ya Allah, remove the ujjah from our heart, remove the kibber from our heart, remove the takabar from our heart, remove all the bad attributes from our heart, the bad feelings from our heart, the bad memories from our mind, the bad words from our tongue, the bad gates from our eyes. It will make them purify our heart, purify our mind, purify our lives, and be green. And grant us the humility of the Akrim, the same way he was your Abd, make us something like that, Ya Rabba. The same way he was Mukhlis, grant us some class like that, Ya Rabba. The same way he was honest and humble, grant us some humility like that, Ya 
development, he is our Nabi, we are his Ummati, Ya Rabbat, Kaitis is Ruhani Varasat, Kaitis is Batani Varasat, Kaitis is Akhwal and Kifiyar, Kaitis is the true Sunnah that we agree in Sunnah Rasulullah Sallam. And if we may go for all the Ummah, and if we ask that you send your Hidayah on the Ummah, inspire the Ummah, the same way you ignited the Ummah with a passion for you in Ramadan, ignite the Ummah, Ya Rabbat, with the same passion for you in every Ibadah, and their Salah, in their Dua, in their Taqwa, in their Hayah, in a big dream, we ask that you remove the poverty in this world, remove the poverty from the Ummah, accept us for the khidmat of the poor, accept us for the khidmat of the needy, accept us for the khidmat of Deen, accept us for the khidmat of Deen, in a big dream, we ask that you put Barak in our heart, Barak in our time, Barak in our life, Barak in our risk, Barak in our health, make us firm and strong and deen, Ya Rabbi Kareem. And if anyone listening has any du'as in their heart that are acceptable to you, Ya Rabbi Kareem, ask that you grant them their heart's wishes. Ya Rabbi, you know what is best for our akhirah and what is best for our deen. Ya Rabbi, from your own perfect knowledge and your own perfect hikmah, grant us everything that is best for our akhirah and everything that is best for our deen. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem. ربنا تكمل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتوب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى بيه سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين برحمتك يا رب العالمين